get Monday off, and I hope you're already looking forward to it. It is one of those weekends where we look forward to the extra day of rest. I know that we do, and we will, and we are. We are, as we'll be moving some this weekend and throughout the next couple of days, and so we will enjoy a day of rest very soon. <laughs> very soon. It's so good to be with you tonight. I missed you last week. I was visiting our son Daniel and um, was celebrating my nephew Ethan, who was graduating high school, who graduated high school this past Thursday, and had a wonderful visit with our granddaughter and our foster granddaughter and our daughter-in-law. We had an incredible visit. I got all the kisses and hugs and slobbers and all of that. It was wonderful. It was wonderful, but we were praying for you as I was traveling. I had some travel mishaps on Sunday, but I made it home by 2 a.m. Sunday night. Praise the Lord, and have been packing all week, and I'm ready for the next season. Yeah. You ever feel like you're just in the meanwhile? Well, that's kind of where we are. We're ready for what's next and what God has for us next. So tonight, you're jumping into the last series service, basically, or the last service of this series. Lit, it has been awesome. It's been amazing. It's been wonderful to talk about, to address, to even ask the questions. Where do you start your day? How do you start your day? What are your first thoughts? What are your first, what are your first things and feelings? And, and what are the anxieties or the, or the first responses of your day typically? And it's been good to visit that and wonder and ask those questions and give you another option. Because we can choose. We can choose how to start our day. Aren't we thankful for that? All right, so this night, this final night, is about victory. And I believe that everyone in here is primed and prepped and ready for victory. Can you say yes? Yes. Because if you are in a season where you need some victory, you are primed and prepped and ready. You are very ready. You may not know that you're primed and prepped, but you are. And we're going to make sure of that before you leave here tonight. But I know that you're ready for victory. I know that you are. And Erica mentioned that um, this is a, a Memorial Day weekend, and I also wanted to mention that we remember the sacrifices made from our troops that fought for our freedom, and we remember those that we have lost. And we know that many of you in here have family members that maybe you even lost this past year, or maybe family members you never even met that were in the womb once, and that we remember them too. We remember our friends and family. Okay, so tonight's passage comes from 1 Corinthians. Let's look at that together. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This passage is talking about Jesus' death and resurrection and the power that he gives us to overcome sin and death, which, by the way, is total victory. Do you agree with that? The power to overcome sin and death which really truly, Jesus gives us the victory through his death and resurrection, death on the cross, a resurrection from the grave. He overcame sin and death, the powers of death, and gives us the power to also overcome it, which is total victory. For those who are in Christ Jesus, you are already victorious. So when the enemy comes at you and says, you're a loser, just remind him, no, thanks be to God, he's already given me the victory. So there you go. You are already victorious. But I am aware that when we bring up the word victory or the topic victory, many things come to your mind. 
not just sin and death, but in this room we may have unhealthy attachments. In this room we may have issues of habit. In this room we may have some with a toxic thought life, or past hurts, or trauma that we feel stuck in. Yeah, we also think about sin and death when we talk about victory, but oftentimes when we talk about having the victory, we come up against these things that we know we battle. Well, thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, even in those issues. So victory from and toward. We know that Jesus lived knowing his from to, always. It was a victorious from to. And what's, what's amazing is we see the life of Christ, and he was doubted, he was ridiculed, he was spit upon, he was crucified victorious, right? He died but was victorious. And we see his life, and we see his victorious from to, and we get so much leaning from that. And But sometimes we do say, but that was Jesus, he was perfect. Listen to me. He showed us, even to death, that we can have victory. And here's what's up. He knew where he came from and where he was headed to. And even in that, even this passage I'm going to share with you in a second, even in that, he modeled for us how we live in the day-to-day. Church, we've got to know that from dust we came and from dust we will return, right? But more than that, we were created in the image of God, and in, in Him, we are returning to Him. We are going to Him. We have a destination that far outweighs any perfect day, which was a beautiful day today. We have a destination that far outweighs any perfect day on earth. And Jesus knew His from too, and He lived in victory. Look at this in John. Let's get this together. John 16, 28. I came from the Father and enter the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. He knew his from to was victorious. No matter what tonight, when you leave here, know that for those who are in Christ, your from to is victorious. <laughs> because our victorious from to is in him is in him. When Christ lives in us, we have a victorious from toward, no matter what is currently happening in our life. We are in victory. But when you think about starting your day in victory, what do you see? If this was women's group, I would ask you to answer out loud. <laughs> When you think about starting your day in victory, what do you see? Most of us think in pictures. We can kind of see how we would look or feel or stand or we sense what we would feel. Is it a posture? Is it a smile? Is it a thought? Is it a confidence? Is it without fear or angst? Is it without an immediate desire to escape? Does your day starting in victory look like that immediate desire 
to escape being gone? You know. What does victory, first thing in the morning, look like on you? In you? To you? So then are you starting from victory? Here's a series reminder that was said earlier tonight and in the series. You get to choose how you start your day. Don't simply let your first thoughts or habitual toxicity and patterns that we tend to have choose your start. You can't help those first thoughts when you wake up, but you can choose what to do with it. Choose for yourself those first thoughts. You can change the channels. You can change the tapes of your mind. Those first thoughts pop in, you can change them. Plato says this, the first and greatest victory is to conquer yourself. You get to choose what you do with those first thoughts, and then you get to choose the next thought. Choose for yourself. I remember when we were preparing to move here from Indiana, it was an interesting season. And, um, it was hard. It was a lot of things happening at once. Dallas was graduating high school. He was a senior in high school. It was his last month or so of high school. Eric had already transitioned to South Carolina where we were spending the summer to do an interim ministry work. And I was packing the house pretty much by myself for the most part in that season. I was saying goodbye to friends. I was closing out things and making sure everything was closing well. And I was glad to do that for our family. And I was glad to be there. But as you can imagine, it was a very, very, very busy month of May. And I was trying to say goodbye to my friends and do that well and be a good mom. I was trying to do it all really well. And I don't know that I was doing that. Because you, you have to have space somewhere. And I remember one morning exhaustedly sitting during my devotional time with the Lord. And I was asking God, I don't know how it's all going to get done. And I need your grace. I need your strength. And I need your mercy to do it all. And he did not show me a picture of it all being done really well. And all the tape just perfectly. And every box packed perfectly. And all of these things just in place. He actually showed me a picture in my mind of myself at Dallas's graduation with joy. And I realized that's the goal. Boxes will get packed. I'll say goodbye to my friends. We'll close out bank accounts. It'll all get done. But my son, finishing him well, not missing it with him, and celebrating him with joy was the victory that the Lord wanted in my heart for me and for him. So as we close that chapter, less regrets. And so I knew that in that season, that when it was time for a baseball game, whatever I was doing, it stopped. When it was time for a McDonald's run, whatever I was doing, it stopped. When it was time for bedtime, and, and we did some talking at bedtime, whatever I was doing, stopped. When it was time to run for ice cream, <laughs> whatever I was doing, 
stopped whenever it was time for an award ceremony in the middle of the afternoon during the school hours. Stopped so I could be at the award ceremony. The last chapel of the year. Stop. Be there. And I knew what my end goal was because God had given it to me. I knew what the victory was going to be. So everything else can wait right now because this next step, this next decision moves me towards victory. We can start our day from victory when we see the end goal first and then work from there. Have you ever had that experience where you saw where you needed to go and then knew that whatever it takes to get there, that would be the victory. He graduated, we had lots of joy, a few tears because we were proud and thankful, but lots of joy. And it wasn't a fake smile. It wasn't something I just mustered up because that was the goal. It wasn't an image of joy. There was the depth of joy because I knew what the victory would be and I wanted to attain it. I wanted to reach it with him for him and for us. And I'm thankful that God gave me that. We did it. You did it. I mean, that was a long time ago. That was five years ago. Amazing. You're old. <laughs> you know what that means. So am I. <laughs> Another personal example for you about how to see the end goal and work from there. Some of you know that I was a basketball coach back in those days. And um, as a coach on that first day of basketball practice, you have to bring out a schedule for your team. And you have to start showing your team what your goals are. And you have to start talking to them, not about what we're going to do this week, but about what we're going to do this season. So as a coach, you have to be thinking way ahead. You have to be thinking not just for the first day of practice, for the first month of practice, for the first season of practice, because in Indiana it's like six months of basketball. But for, for the entire season, and you have to be thinking with tournament season in mind. So that on day one, you know where you're starting and you know where you're headed. And so here, I found a piece of paper as we were packing the other day that had some of our goals as a basketball team written out. And I am providing them for you tonight. Destination, sectional, February 10th. That year, we won. Okay? We did it. Here were some of our goals along with winning the tournament. We made history that year. You'll hear about that a little bit later too. We want to, at the end of this season, not just one sectional, but we want to have improved skill levels, basketball. We want to have mastered, if possible, learned well how to run our offense and our defense. You had to have some basketball IQ to do that because it wasn't just simple plays. A lot of read and react. We wanted to have seen good and experienced good, good, no, great effort from the team, each individual. We need to know that they were going to take initiative to do their part, to be a hustler, to make the team better. We needed to have positive attitudes. I laugh because it's not always easy with high school basketball. They were not allowed to eat hot dogs during basketball season. <laughs> it was the absolute worst food possible for you. But once in a while, everybody loves a hot dog. <laughs> and we're having them at the Father's Day celebration this year. <laughs> and we're here floats, man. 
gonna be a great day. That's right, it's gonna be a great day. But basketball girls, no hot dogs this night. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta know what you can't do, what the no's are to get to victory, right? And I think this season we want athletes that still desire to develop, that still desire to get better, to grow. So important. That year, we won sectionals. But the deal was we had to know where we were headed. And all throughout the season, we were going to check this list and see if the output of the athletes matched the desired destination. If there is a situation or a player not on board with this, we were going to struggle making it through sectionals as a team. We were going to struggle being victorious as a team. We had to see the goal and we had to check our effort and progress all the way through. And we wanted our student athletes to be honest. We were going to give constructive criticism, absolutely. But we needed them to get honest about where they could improve. And then we would all improve. It's the same with our faith life. It's the same with our faith life. We have got to see where God is taking us, where he wants us to go, how he is growing us, and how he wants us to grow. And we've got to be honest about the progress and the output all along the way so that we can see whether we're really making it. And if not, it's okay. How, what do we need to work on? But church, we've got to get honest. We gotta get honest. And we don't need to be afraid of the truth. We can't address what we're not honest about. We can't improve what we're not honest about. We can't grow if we're not honest that growth is needed. Would you agree with that? We have got to get honest. The faith life is the same way. And we all know the faith life we desire. Please check your progress all along the way. Because I know this, you and I, we eventually want to hear, well done. Well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. We want to see Jesus face to face and worship God for all eternity. Is that true, church? That's the end goal. Now I'm going to start, that's the victory. I'm going to start from there and do my decisions in the daily. Move me there. Even the what nots to do. Even those things. So what about you? Where do you need victory? Have you envisioned the end goal? Have you envisioned the end goal for whatever the area of victory is needed? Whatever it is. Just think right now. The area of victory that you know you or a relational or whatever the end goal needs to be. Envision it. Where do you want it to be? Listen, you're going to need God's help. You're going to need God's help to even see the end goal, probably. And then you're going to need God's help to get there. Just like those basketball students, those student athletes, they needed coaches to see what the end goal was, to keep them on track to get there. You're going to need God's help. Not just to see where you're headed, but to get there his way. Good news, he's ready to help. 
He's ready to help. That victory that he's put in your heart, he's ready to help. Psalm 121, 2 says, My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. All right, here's the deal. One thing's for sure, but not to do. Avoidance is not victory. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. But the truth is, sometimes we just want to pretend like there's not even a problem. Like we don't need help. So let's get honest. Avoidance is not victory. Seeing where we want to land and pretending there aren't issues and getting there is not victory. So we can't just pretend like there's not an issue, nor can we pretend like there's not issues getting there. Neither one of those are victory. That's a avoidance. If it gets hard and need to rest, rest. That's holy. That's a break. That is purposeful. Sabbath is good. Sabbath prepares us for victory, right? Rest prepares us for victory. There were times as coaches that we would say, we're taking Friday off. You get a long weekend. Rest. You'll come back better on Monday ready to play. Rest is good. It can prepare us for victory. We're not talking about rest. We're talking about avoidance. Avoidance delays victory. <laughs> Because avoidance is not rest. It's putting off. And eventually, this is for somebody, eventually the avoidance pile just grows. And it gets bigger. And you'll feel stuck. And like you can't, don't even know where to start. And you'll feel like this mountain that you wanted to climb, this victorious mountain you wanted to climb, is too high this is what avoidance causes. And some of you are like, I know, I have a PhD in avoidance, Marcia. <laughs> but listen, you don't have to do that. Yeah. You don't have to keep waking up and feeling like you're still at the base of the mountain. Yeah. You don't have to do that. You can start today. And where will you start from? With victory in mind. Yeah. And then... You'll approach the issues one at a time. The Nobel Peace Prize winner Desmond Tutu reminds us there's only one way to eat an elephant. Does anyone know? One bite at a time. You will approach the amount of avoidance by approaching your issues one at a time. You will achieve victory a step at a time. But it starts with the end goal in mind, knowing that it's worth it and not avoiding it. One step at a time. Some of you aren't avoiding. You've envisioned the end goal with God already. You're rested up and you're working from victory, and you're working toward victory daily. But it's like you're treading water and getting nowhere. Would anyone like to testify? Say that again. Some of you aren't avoiding. You've envisioned the end goal with God. You're rested up, and you're working from victory to victory daily, but it's like you're treading water and getting nowhere. 
I have talked to multiple people in the last 10 days that have said, it's like there's this all-out attack on me right now. Like it's like I am in a blizzard and I can't get anywhere. But I am putting every ounce of effort. I am doing everything I know to do. I am staying obedient. I am so and it's like I'm not getting anywhere. And I want you to know I understand. Many are feeling the effects of spiritual attack right now. I wrote this entire thing I want to share with you, and I'm going to read it because I believe that the Lord has put it on my heart. And if you are Gen X, if you are, let me say this, if you are up a millennial through about, so we'll say 38 through about 56, we're going to say that age group right now. When I talk to those people, they are feeling the effects of what I'm talking about right now. There's this attack. There's this constant, like, heaviness, this weight, and I am putting every effort. I'm gripping the hem of this garment. I'm doing everything I can. I'm, I'm actually choosing for the first time in my life to come back to the Lord, to come back to church. And here's what the Lord has given me to say to you right now, Gen X especially. We are the generation that has been gone from the church for a long time. My generation is missing from the church. Because we saw things that just weren't right. We heard things that just weren't right as children. We became victims of sexual abuse in the church or pastoral abuse or simply watched moral failure or financial sin on every layer and everything in between. We became numb to the word and the deliverer of the word. We left the church, we left faith, many became atheists and have hidden trauma we can barely speak of until recently. We are loving and reaching one another. We are telling our stories and sharing our pain. We are daring to come out of the dark and into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. We are stepping foot into ministry spaces and giving it one more chance. We are gripping to hope with all that we have that this time we will know God. We will see Jesus, not just for ourselves, but in the body. We are open to activating in the Holy Spirit, but without the show. And we are ready for revival. But we are scared to death that it won't be real or it won't last or will fall apart again. Gen X, I see you. I am you. You are my friends. You are my peers. I understand. And I am sorry. And I stand here telling you, God is real. Jesus died for the very sin and hurt you're willing to leave behind. And the Holy Spirit has the keys to your victory. Step in and open up. You will not believe the life, the joy, the journey ahead. It is worth it. Now, all generations, wear what I just said. Wear it too. Whether you are Gen Z, worried about the future of the church and all that, or baby boomers that saw it all that I just mentioned and also never really recovered. Here's what we all need to do. We need to lay down our own shields and our own swords 
and put on the full armor of God. Because a day of victory is coming. For you as an individual, for this church, for the body of Christ, a day of victory is coming. And I want to be dressed in righteousness. Let me say this. We want to be a people dressed in righteousness. Not self-righteousness. We do not want to be dressed in defensiveness, or pessimism, or gossip, or rage, or doubt, or substance abuse, or self-soothing, or cynicism, or fill in the blank. That is all self-armor, church. All of that is self-armor. That is your own sword and your own shield. But the full armor of God is head-to-toe righteousness. Let me listen. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, shoes of the gospel of peace, sword of the spirit, and shield of faith. And I have left on the screen my notes, and I'm going to give these to you. If you would like to take pictures, I'd suggest you do it. Let's look at this. In Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, in your personal private devotion time this week, go to it. Tackle it. And discover what you've been wearing in its place for yourself. And take off your self-armor and put on the armor of God. Helmet of salvation. An armor piece for the mind, eager to know God, who he says we are, and believe it. Breastplate of righteousness. An armor piece for the heart, reminding us that the finished work of the cross has the final word. Belt of truth, an armor piece for the core of our being, wrapped in the truth to our very loins, you know, with a desire for victory no matter what. Shoes of the gospel of peace, an armor piece that keeps our feet anchored and standing firm when anxiety and fear try to knock us off our feet and set us back. Also, choose of the gospel of peace, not in my notes, but taking the gospel to a world that is moaning and groaning from fear and anxiety. Amen? Sword of the Spirit. This is a weapon and an armor piece. And this is the word of God. It is the only piece that is both offensive and defensive. Church, raise the standard in the word of God. That is the sword of the Spirit. Shield of faith. The very weapon that states, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. This is an armor of faith. These are the armor of God. Head to toe righteousness. <clears throat> victory. You want victory? Dress in the full armor of God. Because your enemy prowls like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. <clears throat> And this is not to scare you, this is to prepare you. Dress out, church. 
It's game day. Because at some point, your victory path, all of hell will come against you. That's, that's just real. That's just real. It's, it's one job. Right? We were playing a team that same year that we went sectional. And they had a girl on their team. She was number 20. And she pretty much was the star, and the rest of the team was there to give her the ball. And somehow she was averaging double-doubles and winning games that they should have never won, and she was able to do it. She was able to find other team's weaknesses and maintain her strengths. And our team was at the mercy of potentially losing our historical record if we lost to this team. And so the coaches and I got together and we talked about who on our team could be like a fly on a picnic and cover her and stop her. And we knew who it was gonna be and we prepared her for that game and she killed it and we won. And they lost. And she did not get a double-double that night. Because your opponent wants you to lose. It was that player's one job that night to keep number 20 from scoring. And she did it. I hate to be the reminder of this truth, but at some point on your victory path, all of hell will come against you. That is its one job. And I don't know if hell has assigned one demon to you, but I know this. You have a team player that is like a fly on defense for you. The Holy Spirit is your protector and your advocate and your guide. And the Lord has sent him to bring you to victory. If you will let the Holy Spirit lead you, it will. Make yourself available to the Holy Spirit. Activate in the Holy Spirit. You will experience victory. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So let's listen. With God's help, envision victory and work from there. Don't avoid the issues or pitfalls. Approach them one at a time. Believe in victory this time. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. That chant is always great at the beginning of the game. Or towards the end of the game when you're up when you're up and ahead and about to win. Lay down your own swords and shields. Dress in the full armor of God. Claim victory and live in it. Church, once you have victory in whatever it is that you know you need victory in, once you have victory, live in it. Live from it, live toward it every day. Claim it 
live in it. So often we will gain victory over something and then we will believe that it won't last. But here's the deal. The year that my boys were on the state basketball team, they got a ring. Let's look at this picture. They got a ring. Okay? That's proof they won. But let me tell you something. Even if they lost the ring, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. There's like, it's expensive. Once if they lost the ring though, you know what? They still won. Title's still theirs, their name's still on the banner, they won. There's still ch state champs, it's still there. Nobody cheated, so it's not gonna get taken away from them. So often when we have victory, we get to a place of victory in our life, we start fearing that it's not gonna last, or that something's gonna take it away, or whatever, and so then we start kind of not living in the victory. But I wanna explain to you something, you are now a champion. You are now a champion. They are now state champions. When you get that victory place, when you end in that victory moment, whatever it is, when you overcome that habitual thing or that relational issue is, is, is overcome, whatever the victory is that you need, that you are hoping for, that you are envisioning, when you get there, get there. Stand up in it. Believe it. Claim it. Because you are, you've made it, you've done it. Live in it, live from it, live toward it. Give God the glory for it every single day. Don't give the enemy a sliver of opportunity to come in and bring doubt, okay? When that helmet of salvation or belt of truth gets loose, tighten it, straighten it, and walk in faith. That you have been victorious and you will remain victorious. Too often we don't live in the victory. We desire it, we fight for it, but we don't live in it, church. It's time to stand up in victory. Take on that victory posture and walk in it. It is so important. Listen, some of you on earth, this side of heaven, may never experience victory in some things. That's not to discourage you, but you listen to me. I want to go back to the first thing I said. You are already victorious in Christ Jesus. I know some people that had relational issues that were never overcome on earth. They never overcome that issue on earth. But they lived in the victory that they had in Jesus Christ. And they knew that their name was written in heaven. And they knew that no one could take that. And they lived in the joy of that victory that had already been overcome in their life. The sin and death would not have hold on them any longer. And some of you know what I'm talking about in heaven. That some victory on earth just never happened, but you know that the victory is in heaven. And your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and nobody can take that from you. And so there's hope here tonight, regardless of the status of your situation. There is hope here tonight. But I do believe that victory is yours as you envision it and put on the full armor and believe that you will win with God's help. This quote, an eternal perspective, your name being written in heaven is the most victorious mind space and soul sound there is. Let me read that again. 
an eternal perspective. Your name being written in heaven is the most victorious mind space and soul sound there is. So where do you need victory? Do you need victory in how you start your day or how you end your day? Do you need victory in how you live your days out? Do you need victory in your thought line for hurt or past trauma? Do you need victory in some relational issues? Is it sin, unhealthy attachments, something habitual, or is it simply your soul? that the soul sounds are not victorious. Today is the day. I believe sitting here, you've seen me in bowl, and you want it. So stop avoiding. Put down your personal shields and weapons. Put on the full armor of God. Prepare for the battle ahead. Know that God is greater. Jesus died for these very moments, church. Aren't we so thankful? And remember, you have a teammate in the Holy Spirit that's a, like a fly at a picnic on defense for you. Rest if you need to. But believe you're going to win and move toward it. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord, Jesus Christ. Worship team is going to come as we prepare for response. And it's set up tonight as usual. But it's set up for you to get honest with yourself first. Right where you are. If you need victory in your thought life, when you come and light a candle tonight, ask God to help. God, help me to lay down the toxic helmet of lies and confusion and put on the helmet of salvation. To know you and to know who I am in you. If you need victory over hurt and past trauma, Come and light a candle and ask God to help you heal. If work of forgiveness needs to happen, ask him to reveal to you how to do that. And who to forgive. And ask him to help you heal. And to wear that breastplate of righteousness that's designed to protect the heart. If you need victory over sin or something habitual or an unhealthy attachment that can be a person or thing, come light a candle and ask God to help you break the cycles of sin and death that are wreaking havoc on you. Lay down the temptation of the flesh and pick up the belt of truth that covers even your wounds. Mm -hmm. 
if you simply need to commit or recommit your life to Christ tonight, come and light a candle, asking the light of the world to come and shine a victorious light into your very soul, because that is total victory. And as always, come and kneel, spend time with the one who is undefeated, fighting out every battle for and with us, our Lord God. If you would like to pray with the pastor, Eric and I will be on the front row. We have space here for prayer requests to be dropped. This is a, a place for worship, for reflection. But let's all consider this time and space and get honest. What's truly needed in me? And respond as you feel led. Let's pray. God, thank you that when we see that we're at the base of the mountain, and we just see how far we still have to go, that you see the victorious path, and you see the victory. Show us, God. We recognize tonight that the issues in our personal lives, our spiritual lives, our relational lives, That we need your help to even see your will for us. Your victorious will for us. And then we need your help to get there. And so Lord, we lay down our own personal weapons of defense. And offense. And we pick up the full armor of God. Because we know that we are fighting a battle but we can't do it alone, and we don't want to. And so, Lord, help us. Help us from head to toe to be yours and to be covered in your truth of who you say we are. Help us to pick up your word daily and find you in the pages of Scripture. Help us to raise that standard in our lives, Lord. Help us to draw the line in the sand once and for all that we have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, and that that would be a shield, a protective piece of armor when it gets hard. We thank you for these words and this message tonight, God. The reminder that we don't need to avoid it. We might need to rest from time to time, but we can take one step at a time with you. And we can have victory. Thank you, God, that you give us victory through your Son, Jesus Christ. It's everything to us. We need you. We are seeking you in this time, in this space. Meet us here. In Jesus' name we pray.
respond as you feel. 